0: Hey you guys, welcome to Red Ivy, Cubs podcast for October, by the fans, for the fans, just two guys chatting, three guys if you count the producer, but just a couple guys chatting about the Cubs, I'd like to welcome you, uh, any new listeners, uh, we've been going at this for a couple weeks now, this is kind of a new launch for us, we're just trying this out, see how it goes, um, i like to welcome my co-host for this evening, Mr. James Michael Pink. Jimmy, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Mike. How are
0: you? I'm doing great. What am I, what am I hearing in the background there, Jimmy? What's going on? Jeez.
1: That's, that's not for me. I think that's from our Ooh. producer.
0: Oh, the producer's here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Mr. Mark Davis. Producer Mark, what, what's going on, Mark?
2: What up, what up? No, that was just a couple people cheering for uh, James
0: Michael <laughs> Pink. <laughs> you oh, this, we, just, we got an it. audience.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: we have an audience, that's for sure.
0: Jimmy Jimmy is uh, Jimmy Lounge Act, he's always on stage.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, somebody else remembers that. <laughs> the story of my life. Hey, how, how, how do you feel about last night's game, and, and how do you feel about going into tonight's game, Mike?
0: Um, well, if I could watch it, I'd feel a lot better. i got to be honest with you, I'm a little upset. Let's can't let you know what in in that light. Let's start off talking about a little something parenthetical to the actual game last night. Uh, I got a little something I want to get off my chest about FS One's coverage. <laughs> if you don't mind, was that the most jacked up camera angle you've ever seen at a baseball game at Wrigley Field?
1: It was horrible. horrible. Like, it was horrible.
0: I, you can't, there's no, like, they didn't even have the strike zone cam, the little box thing, the graphic that they do. They didn't even have that position because they, I don't think they could do it. I don't know if they, even the, normally the camera angle, you kind of line it up, but you, it was so squished from that. Normally when it's, you know, you you get a depth perception problem where it kind of, the zoom lens kind of, it makes 60 feet, six inches look like six feet, but, at that at that angle it was almost compressing the height as well so you couldn't even tell up and down where the strike zone was
1: yeah it it, you know, it it very hard to read up and down um and it was it was so squished and you know just to give you know any listeners out there we're talking about the center field camera right mike
0: yeah the way it was positioned to the left of the mound instead of to the right and sort of like i think i heard someone say today that they they even gave them the option of putting it in with a normal position uh, center field camera position, and they FS1 decided, no, we're just going to put it where we want to, and that's fine. Which wasn't.
1: It, it it was it was awful, and and it, it was at a lower angle than I've ever seen a center field camera uh, before. I, I've never seen a center field shot at Wrigley that low before.
0: I have I f- expected keep- it to be like those NFL cams where it flies on a wire. Yeah, so I expected. It- to like suddenly like roll fly in over the infield which would have been kind of actually cool but almost better than what they had but
1: and you know what it's probably not long until we get to that point i'll bet you it's not long until they have freaking cameras on on wires just like they do in the nfl and they're wheeling heck it'll probably it'll probably be drones for goodness sake yeah
0: they'll they'll do it at wrigley first and it'll uh rob somebody of a game-winning home run and it'll hit the camera (laughs) that's just the way it goes exactly
1: exactly this everybody everybody waiting for something to go wrong
0: again <laughs> yeah and then they'll have they'll have a, a five ump conference where they all stand around for 15 minutes deciding uh what they can possibly do shades of the all-star game the sea League with yeah. the i don't know
1: i don't know it kind of stands up in the air paul outstretched uh, well, uh, what do we do i guess the time
2: so did, did did uh somebody mention sea League's name on this podcast
0: <laughs> that, that's that's where it stops let's oh, i'm going to put a moratorium God. on it
1: because right, right. we
0: know we know how that's going to go
1: hit the headlights yeah. and
0: put it in i'll just turn off my mic and just sit back and listen if that's the case then but, <laughs> oh yeah
2: jimmy if, jimmy, if, jimmy if, loves but ceiling, yeah I jimmy love loves ceiling. bud ceiling we're not going to get him started <laughs> we want to hear the, the uh, spiel that the bud ceiling like, spiel not, and not
1: commissioner so Baseball's in good hands. <laughs> so, I, you I know, love guys, I last got, night's game. I love last night's game.
2: Well, I, I got to admit that I didn't, I saw maybe two innings of last night's game. I had the pleasure of taking my sales team to the Lakers game last night. So my boss decided to get season tickets last year. And I'm like, oh, God, season tickets to the Lakers? I'm like, oh, my God, seriously? Being a Chicago Bulls fan. So I think I went to three games last year. Um, But anyway, that's all I wanted to do was watch game one of this series. And I'm at the stupid Staples Center. So I didn't really get to see much of the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, you guys are talking about the angles and so forth. Was it wasn't that bad?
0: In and out, you could kind of see from that angle, but up and down was I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it was not. It was not good. It was not good. It was annoying throughout. So so like, the,
0: at,
2: go ahead, Mike.
0: I was going to say it, that actually helped kind of because I I couldn't sit there and go. Oh come on, ump! That was a strike or anything. I just kind of had to take their word for it. So at least I couldn't get upset about that. I was just marveling at the amazing pitching duel that was unfolding in front of me. Meanwhile,
1: as evidenced by my text to you both last night, I was stewing. <laughs> well, I was not me, happy with the early in the game last night. Well, no. let me ask
2: you. Let, let me ask you guys this. I mean, obviously, Game One, um, 2016 versus last year, you know, I I can imagine that comes with a certain amount of apprehension um, Mm -hmm. and anticipation. So, like, what was, like, your day like leading up to this game? I mean, we all work. We got to do our thing. We got to support ourselves and our families and stuff. So, like, tell me a little bit about, like, what your day was like yesterday and how you felt leading up to this game. Did anybody ask you anything about the game and what your thoughts were on this pending
0: game there yeah there was uh i noticed in the morning right away everybody on the train had their cubs gear on well not everybody but i would say everybody that had cubs gear uh wore their cubs gear yesterday uh i had just a cubs cap on i didn't really wear anything special but uh there was you know there's a couple people at work that were like so hey cubs what what do you think's gonna happen in the game tonight blah 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 and it, it wasn't no, they weren't They're big Cubs fans, but uh, I was talking with one of my coworkers who's a Sox fan about the Cubs, and he was cheering for them, so that was actually kind of cool. Uh, but I was just, I was generally in a not that nervous position as I was last year, because last year it was just sort of like, oh boy, here we go. I can't believe I'm seeing this again since, you know, it had been since 2008 was the last time we'd seen it, but now it's just kind of, I saw them, you know, that was win win number 104 last night. So it was kind of, I was surprisingly didn't have that many nerves during the game. I just was hoping somebody would eventually score. So I was getting tired of watching scoreless frames.
2: Jim, how about you? What was your day like? Were you like, I can't wait to get home. I'm going to get me
1: some lasagna. I'm going to watch this game. (laughs) Man, I couldn't eat yesterday. I, I I I just kept my head down and kept working all day, and I got out of there right at five. Like I was freaking working at the uh, at the quarry, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I grabbed I grabbed mm-hmm. my lunch pail, I mm-hmm. rummled through the door, except for it was a soft sided briefcase, and I was heading for my piece of crap 1999 Honda Accord. Um, but I got home at like 5:40, 540, uh, 5.47, I believe it was. So got up in the house, got plenty of time to sit down and, and get ready to watch the game. But I've got one of my coworkers, he's one of my bosses, because once again, I'm in a position where I've got like three different bosses and I do so many different things at the company that I work for. I don't know why I keep signing up for this bullshit. Um, and he's a Dodgers fan. And he says to me, he goes, the Cubs are going to find a way to screw it up. Cubs oh. are going to find Damn. a way to fall and everything. Uh, you know they're they're cursed. You know the ball will fall out of the mid at the wrong time, or somebody the opposing team will hit a home run. And I just, I just looked at him and I laughed. You know because those days are gone. Those days are gone. So well, I was
2: going to say, what did you feel like when? Uh, who was that? Was it the center fielder who uh, botched, botched that first catch? And I think, do you remember that part where like I think it was I think it was the center fielder. It was just like a standard. It was,
0: uh, when Zobrist,
2: yeah, it's you're talking
0: about when Zobrist and the ball went under his glove.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that was in left field. But yeah, the, he got saved on that one because uh, Buster Posey acted like a complete idiot on the base paths there with two outs. I don't know why he wasn't running. Uh, he looked like he was kind of holding up, like he was was, trying to trying to outs. Yeah, he's like trying to see if Zovers was going to make the catch. I'm like, who cares if he makes the catch? There's two outs. What are you doing? But you know, worked out good for us. But uh... yeah,
1: Lester took care of business. Yeah. Last night's game when I when I was a kid, um, well, first off, you know, for all those people out there like my one of my bosses who says the Cubs are cursed and everything, I I just want to I just want to take this time this this moment to to laugh in your face. <laughs> those days are gone people. Okay. Those days are gone. We're going to see red Ivy. Um, it's going to happen for years to come. Uh, last night's game was, was a great example of, of something that, that my, that my father did, uh, when he played golf, I believe it kind of translates and also Tim Kirchin. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, on ESPN. Sounds he does. Right. They talk about, they talk about circle games. Okay. Uh, And those are games that you can go back and you can say, okay, that was like a tipping point. That was like where we gained the momentum. You know, that was like where we went ahead. And, you know, that was like the point where everything was different from that point, I guess you can say. Um, uh, You can go back and you can circle it and say this was the this was the moment. Um, And my dad used to do that as well with golf. So anytime he would get a birdie, okay, he would circle it. Um, and time that he would get a par or a uh, bogey, he would put a square around it. And the reason why he put a square around it was because he wanted to remember that because it had happened after he had had a circle game. you know and it was it, it taught him it was something that he learned from. So I, I think going into the, tonight's game, I think that as opposed to, you know, the the Cubs thinking you know that they've had that they had a circle game you know I think that maybe they're thinking last night that you know as exciting as it was uh as you know the drama of you know a late inning in the eighth inning uh you know Baez hitting that home run just because of the wind just barely going over the wall when he crushed that ball um I you know rather than thinking you know oh great we won the first game we've got all this momentum I think they're going to come out tonight and they're going to be like, listen, we did not want to have uh, a square game. We don't want to have a game where we go back and we put a square around it. And We're like, you know, we, we had a bogey here. You know, we just had a par. We kind of we came out flat. And I think the Cubs, because of the youth that they have on the team, because of the energy that they have, um, and they don't give a rat's ass about, you know, 1908 or it's been 108 years since they won it. They're living in the present and that's where Madden keeps them. Um, I think they're going to come out tonight. I think they're going to have a very, very good game. I think they're going to be great on defense. Um, I think Madden is going to pull the right buttons, uh, you know, pull the right, uh, make the right moves rather, and hit the right buttons when it comes to uh, to changes and to pinch hitters. Um, I, I think okay. you're going to see some more guys he, off the bench. He was, um,
0: he was, he was genius last night. Sorry to interrupt you, Jimmy. That that the play. Oh. Where they, they picked the picked him off at first base. Oh my yeah. god, what a genius move. That is something you would never have seen from a Lou Piniella or a Dusty Baker. They don't have the imagination for that. That yeah, is that's exactly what Madden brings to the team. Hey Mike, yep. and,
2: Mike, Mike, I'm sorry. Walk me yeah. through that. Walk me through that. Because I actually I did see the replay um, when I was at the Staples Center watching that. But what goes into making that type of decision as a manager?
0: Well, they were talking about that they were running through that kind of stuff uh, in practice beforehand in warmups. They were they you know in the last couple of days before the game, they had been running through that kind of special alignment of the infield for things like when a pitcher's bunting. and knowing that Javi has that skill of that quick tag, they had there was that weird kind of thing with with the glove. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Jimmy last night where he had like they they came and said, well, you got to have a different glove to they, to Rizzo.
1: So take off his first baseman's glove. They said you can't be out there in the middle of the field.
0: Yeah, without your, with your first, first baseman's glove.
1: Baseman, with that big old first baseman that They said it's a an unfair advantage.
0: Yeah. So he has is the switch is met. Uh, he 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 comes in a little bit closer, and they had that sort of shift where, where Baez was sort of covering over there, and it just they were, everyone was so focused on the bunt. They never even thought about the pickoff throw. It's like he, yeah. he, it's, it's like a misdirect. Like when the magician goes, you know, ah, look over here. And then he's slipping something out of his sleeve yeah. over here doing the, you know, the, the whole misdirect. It's an illusion. And they got caught flat footed. Bochy didn't realize until it was too late what he was doing. Um, And he probably, I'm sure he was sitting in the dugout going, well, he got that one on me.
1: Yep, That's and, it, and it backfired. Bochi so, tried. Bochi and the Giants tried to take advantage of the Cubs by coming out. They got Hernandez on first. Okay, that was actually the he was the first base runner. He was the first hitter of the game. He got on, um, and you know they, they were they were going to run with him. That's why he was he had such a big lead. That's why that pickoff play worked. And you know you know Bochy tried to take advantage of of Madden and the Cubs, and Madden just said, "Nope, sorry, I've Who's got Madden." Madden oh, yeah.
0: was was smart enough to use the Cubs' weaknesses as a strength in that situation because the weakness in that situation is Lester can't go to first. Everyone yep. knows it. Lester is afraid to throw to first. It's almost like the yips. And he Madden said, Okay, yeah, we're yips. gonna take that strength and we're gonna turn around and and turn it into a, turn it into a strength there because we know Javi Baez is the best tagger I've ever seen in the game. Uh, and we're going to use him. We're going to use Ross's quick snap throw that he has, and we're going to get him off guard. And that was that was the moment where I was just, I was like, okay, this is a completely different Cubs team, and it starts with that manager.
2: Well, do you, Mike? Do you think uh, you think Madden was sitting in his uh, hotel suite at the uh, at the Penny at the Peninsula <laughs> off of Michigan Avenue last night, like after the game, saying? Fuck you, you, you think you think you're a coach you think that he like was able to like really understand what he did you think that was you think that was a
0: game i plan? don't think i don't well it's not necessarily a game plan it's just a thing that you have in your pocket you kind of go if i see this happening i'm going to do this and you can't do it more than once because next time they're going to see it coming but it's just a perfect play for a perfect situation. It just happened to line up where he could use it. And I guarantee you last night he wasn't thinking about that play anymore. He was thinking about tonight's game. Yeah, That's just the way yeah. Joe is. He's he's already planning for tonight. He's planning for Jeff Spellcheck. Um, So, well, yeah. Well,
1: I, I think well, they're going to hit him up tonight. I sure hope they do.
2: Well, before we start talking about tonight, I mean – we have a <laughs> we have a couple couple more good pitchers on the hump tonight, but b- before we get into that, I just want to ask you this how much what is the ratio and the dynamic that has to happen for a, a team that has this many young players, young good players um, and and the coach? I mean, how much of the coaching? plays into that because we all know that, I mean, you have a young, you have a t- young team, you know, they're making a little money, you know, they're getting a little notoriety, you know, they're good. Um, where does the coaching come into place? Do you think Madden really has that? I mean, is he a player's coach or no? I mean, tell me a little about him. Cause I don't know much about him as a coach.
1: Oh well, he's definitely uh, a
2: player.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. I, I think he's able, his main strength is that, He's able to, whereas a normal coach might go try and restrain that youthful energy and say, listen, you can't be all, you know, full of piss and vinegar all the time. You have to kind of rein it in. Madden figures out a way to use it to his advantage. Uh, I think he, you've, see, you've seen that with the uh, the locker room celebrations after every win. This is why, why should you be all like, oh, no, you got to be serious. You got to be all, you know, tight ass when when a game is tense or important. No, he's, he's. Young guys are loose. Young guys are full of energy. I think he's going to use that to his advantage rather than try and stifle that or, you know, keep that in check. He's, it's, it's something that he can't – you can't suppress that, so why not use it?
1: Yeah. His, his players love him because he puts them in a situation uh, to succeed. He doesn't put them in situations uh, where the propensity or the averages are more likely that they're going to fail. He puts them in situations where he expects them to succeed and he, and he encourages them to do so. And he has a way, the, my, I think his biggest strength, um, and, and I envy Joe Madden this. I wish I could apply it more in my own life, is, is that Joe Madden has this incredible quality to live in the present. He doesn't worry about tomorrow, it seems. It doesn't think. It doesn't seem that he has regrets about the past, or he thinks about the past and, you know, if I would have done this different. He has this incredible quality about him that he lives in the present. Yeah, that
2: guy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
1: that. I remember that from episode one. <laughs>
0: He's yeah, one I part. don't. Yeah, I don't want to see that guy again. No uh, thanks.
2: I've so got a lot he, of respect for him. Is he the game three guy? Is he going to pitch game three? You think?
0: Who? Uh, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about a manager uh, that I don't yeah. want to see in the next round. Who's that? Uh, the the Nationals manager, Mr. Oh, Toothpick guy.
2: Yeah. let Are you are you worried about the Nationals?
1: No. no,
0: I'm not worried. I just don't want to see his face in Wrigley Field. Uh, okay. Because okay, be it's weird. associated with it's associated with 2003.
1: Yeah. But yeah. But, but to my point. Is, is that he has that incredible quality and it allows him seemingly to make decisions in the moment. And more times than not, he seems to make the right decision. Um, and I, I've, I attribute it to his ability to live in you know, I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, but he does. He has that incredible quality of living. Well, well,
0: you can kind of see it in the way that he's always on that step. He's always standing up by the railing. If you looked at managers of past Cub teams, they're leaning back on their on the bench, sort of disengaged, looking at you, Dusty, looking at you, Lou. Um, you
1: know, even Jim Fry back in the day, he was the same way. Jim Fry would sit back. You know, you didn't. You know, I I remember thinking I didn't think that Jim Fry had a had a an excited emotion in his body until they actually clinched the, the division that year, and he came running out of the dugout like a freaking madman. <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, you have to go but YouTube, uh, you know, Cubs clinching in uh, – so it was Jim Fry, it had to be – yeah, it was 1989, it was Jim Fry. So Google that. Uh, Cubs win the division, I believe it was against the Pirates, if, if I remember correctly. Dude, I,
2: I Google enough stuff. I don't need to Google one more thing. <laughs> but um, so – was there like was there a lineup? Was there a lineup change um, yesterday that what do
1: you guys think about the lineup change? Oh, having uh, having bias at second instead of third. I thought it was genius. I thought it was genius Well, it because of Baez's ability to number one play defense, but more importantly the quick tag um, Because of uh, the fact that uh, Lester is you know somewhat of a liability you have to game plan because he, you know, he can't really hold runners. Uh, he doesn't throw over to first, so you need to have somebody at second base who can turn the double play, get you out of an inning. But more importantly, to my point, to, you know, apply the quick tag. I mean, he's incredible at that. I, I I've never seen a player do that, and do it that well. I think mean, it's incredible. That's, that's so that's a- it was important. I, I thought it was. I, I, I got to tell you, when I first saw the lineup. I, I was a little bit dubious. I'm like, come on, you know, Zobrist and left. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> unfortunately it was kind of bore out because, you know, Zobrist, I mean, I I love him. I love Zo, but he butchered that ball in left field that got by him. It, it's, it's, we're darn lucky uh, that, uh, that Posey lost track of the outs. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, hopefully we won't have that close of a game tonight. I'd like to see a little breathing room before we go back and have to face uh Baumgartner. But to truth be told, guys, I'm not really afraid of Baumgartner.
0: I'm not well, if if you get good Jake, then it's gonna be a replay of game one, in my opinion. It's yep. gonna it's gonna come down to who's gonna who's gonna launch one because you're gonna get if you get Jake Arietta September two thousand fifteen, Jake Arietta. <laughs> then yeah because and well you never know Bumgarner hasn't lost a, a, what is he hasn't lost a postseason game in how many years um, but yeah not, not he, one. He, he's, he's human yep. Yeah. That he's he's like, I, think eight, eight. I think he's like 8-0 in the last like five, 5 years or something in the postseason
1: and his success in the playoffs has come on the road and not at home. He's not as good at home as he is on the road. That's an anomaly about Bunger. So
0: maybe it has to do with the
1: park. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't. Yeah, I, I don't if, if, there, if San Francisco's down 2 0, uh, I'm not going to say that he's the stopper. It, it could very well easily be they get swept. Yeah. Um, because you means. never know. If, if the ball is jumping uh, down there, then all bets are off because we've got yeah. there's a lot of power in that lineup that the cubs have and that's the thing about you were just saying jimmy about that lineup change there's there's a certain thing where managers like because last night last night was uh they're facing a lefty uh or not sorry anyway the the where there's certain conventional wisdom uh when you're facing a certain type of situation where you pl- you play according to the averages joe madden seems to play according to his players he plugs he knows who to plug in sort of so call it intuition or whatever you want to call it he seems to know who to plug in at the right moment
1: yep he has a great way to he has a. he knows how to do that
0: <laughs> yeah he knows he knows his guys he doesn't he doesn't think about like well there's a left-handed reliever coming in i'm gonna put this guy in or switch guys here he has a pretty good idea who's going to fit in what situation. And there's usually a reason for it. It's because he's planning something or he's seen something in the past where they, that sort of thing is, has worked out to our advantage. And I gotta be honest tonight's game. I, I was kind of like praying they won last night, not only just because you, you like to win the first game, but, but they didn't win the first game last year. So it wasn't the end of the world if they didn't win, but knowing what's coming tonight with Hendricks versus Samarja. I don't fear Samarja. I've seen Samarja. I've seen this guy pitch. We, hell, we both have, uh, Mark used to watch him in a Sox uniform. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he can be amazing. And then there's times where you're just like, yeah, what, what the hell?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's how he's been all year with San Francisco, you know? So, you hope yeah. that you get the bad Samarja tonight.
0: <laughs> even even average Samarja I'll take.
2: And, you know, and what? the thing is, it's like the one thing I like about, you know, the fact that the Cubs have such a young team is that they don't really care who's pitching. They haven't seen these people, you know, whether or not they've, like, taken the time to, like, do some research on a pitcher, which I highly doubt they do. Um, it's just a matter nice <laughs> of you know, and I think that 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 helps to not have a history with a certain pitching.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they've got some kind of they've got a scouting report, but they probably aren't sitting there breaking down video of him.
2: Yeah, which is only a good thing. Yeah. Now who's who's Just who's tra- on the hump? Who's on the hump tonight for the Cubs? Cal Hendricks.
0: Cal oh. Hendricks, Mr. Oh. Cy Young candidate.
2: Oh yeah. So how you guys feeling about tonight's game? I've been waiting to ask that question. So what's up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think I'm going to watch the Lakers instead.
2: Oh, God, no. Trust <laughs> me. You don't want to do that. I was at that game last night, dude. And I'm like looking at these players and um, I forget the guy's name but they got as the first round pick. But this dude is so skinny and like him up against some of these other players. I'm like, my God, it's like, a, it's like Tony Snell 2.0. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. But anyway, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, I'm that
0: feeling so good. What about you, Jimmy? I'm feeling good about tonight's uh, – about about seeing Kyle out there. I,
1: I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very good about it. You know, you can draw comparisons, uh, you know, between Kyle Hendricks and, and Greg Maddox. Um, I don't think that's far-fetched. I've seen it uh, discussed today on, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, like on ESPN and on Fox Sports, etc. different guys talking about it on the MLB network. Um, so I, I feel very good about that. And I believe that all the pressure tonight is on Jeff Samarja. And I believe that for the Chicago Cubs, that's a good thing. Um, he believe, I think he's going to believe that he needs to go out there tonight and he needs to put up zeros every inning. And Jeff Samarja, you can trace it back in his career, and you look at the guy, okay, he has three pitches that he throws very, very well. When Jeff Samarja has confidence and he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him, he throws all three pitches and he throws them very, very well, which keeps the hitter off balance. When Jeff Samarja has a lot of pressure on him, he suffers from a a lack of self-confidence and he goes back to just having two pitches and his fastball is not good enough to not use a third pitch in the game. So I do not expect Jeff Samarja to come out with three pitches tonight. I expect him to come out primarily with two. And I think his fastball is going to get hit like uh, like a beach ball. And I hope that it does. So
0: I hope so I'm right. If if I were to set the over-under on total runs scored by both teams tonight at 5, are you, that means you're taking the over?
1: I'll take the over.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the over. I, I would probably even take the over on 10. I'm going to say... Probably about 10 or 11 runs tonight scored in combination, both teams. Whoa. Really? I'm not, I'm not going to say that Hendricks is going to give up a lot, but, uh, he could. And, but I think Samarja could give up more. And it may be such a situation that Samarja is out by the sixth inning. If they can touch him early or start to work him a little more than they worked Cueto last night. Um, and then, yeah, I just—it's just a feeling I have. They're—they're they're due for a for an offensive output that we haven't seen yet in a while.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. Expect Contreras to have a good night, I believe. Um, yeah. And uh, it's yeah, it, it's it's going to be an exciting game. Um, and I think that the Cubs uh, have a lot of momentum. And I know you can't quantify momentum. You know, it's it's part of that hokum thing. You know, in a sense. Um, but I think after last night's win, I think that puts a lot of momentum. And I think the Cubs feel like they can beat anybody. Um, even more so now after last night's win. I think they feel emboldened. So I, I expect a very good game.
0: The, reason, the so, reason I'm saying 10 is because both teams are kind of due after last night.
1: Yeah, they're overdue in a sense. definitely. That's,
0: this one run scored and that was barely. So it's, you know. I don't know what the wind's going to be like tonight at Wrigley, but uh, it doesn't really, I'm not predicting a lot of home runs necessarily, but I just have a weird feeling there's going to be some offense tonight.
2: Dude, I wish I was still living in Chicago right now. It's like, I, I still, I have to text Craig to see how much money he made parking people's cars since he lives right across the street from Wrigley Field. <laughs> but it's like, I remember last year he was charging like 80 bucks to park people's cars in his in his garage, you know, but... I'm going to hit him up and see how much money he made. But I mean, isn't, <laughs> the game's about to start gentlemen, right? It's, it's, oh, 506. Yeah, you're right. it's 5.06 out here in uh, PST time. So, uh, let's wrap it up so you guys can watch the game. I'm going to be doing some screenshots oh, some of some, of us. uh, I'm going to be doing some screenshots of, uh, some texts that we can post on the Facebook page, because those are hilarious. Um, but yeah, here we go. I mean, I'm not going to make you guys hey, let's, like.
0: Let's keep that NSF. Uh, no, or let's keep it SFW, <laughs> I should say.
2: Well, Sorry. considering that like 40% of all Cub fans don't actually work, right? Because that's why they're at the, the day games. Yeah, it could be safe sure. for their work. <laughs> so yeah, so here we go, man. Game two. Um, I do want to ask one last question. Sure. And I really want to know what your reaction was when Baez hit that home run last night. What, I mean, I know nobody was looking. That's why I'm asking the question. Did you, did you like, did you jump up? Did you stand up? Did you just say a silent yes? What was that experience like?
1: I yelled at the screen. That's what you get, Cueto, you bitch. I believe his, that his antics and his Louis Tian shit and his quick pitch shit and he tried it one, la- one too many times and tried that quick pitch to Hobby and it had just too much of the plate and he crushed that thing.
2: <laughs> uh, you know I, what the thing was? It barely went out. It barely went out. Yeah, right. That was because yeah,
0: it, the- ba- it could hit it too high.
2: Yep.
0: If it had he had hit it knew- a little bit at a lower trajectory, that thing would have gotten to the back row of the stands but yeah it was just like on any get like in a summer night if it's August that ball's on Waveland Avenue easily
2: so Mike what was your uh response well my reaction
0: was a little weird because uh as I was telling you guys last night the Sling TV app is about 30 to 40 seconds behind the what must be really happening on live uh TV so I would see Jim's text like oh, that's what you get or whatever, something like that. And I'd be like, uh... well, what, are you, what are you talking about? What What's going on? So I like let everybody know. I texted, him. I said, listen, just so you know, I'm about 45 seconds behind you guys. So don't like, don't spoil things for me because I'm just sitting there watching this at bat. And I see Jim's text come in saying, whatever the hell it was, something, you know, F yeah, something. And then I was just like, Okay, something happens here. I don't know what's going to happen here if he gets a base hit or what. Like, it's got to be at least a triple, otherwise it wouldn't, you know, merit profanity. But uh, <laughs> I saw, I saw as soon as he crushed it, I was like, oh, there we go now. Because I stood up and just, I was like, I went yes. And my wife came running from the bedroom. She was in there with the cat. Um, she she likes to steal the cat from me and and then rub it in my <laughs> face. Uh, so yeah, he was chilling with me through most of the game. She came in in about the seventh inning and said. I'm taking the cat to bed. Here we go. Walked off. I'll show you. So I yelled, I yelled, you know, yes, really loud. And she came running from the bedroom. What happened? What happened? Home run. So yeah, barely, but yes. And then I knew, I knew, like I said, like I texted you guys and actually kind of funny because they did score exactly. Like I said, I kind of want them to score in the eighth so that it goes straight to Chapman after that, because I, she was the only other pitcher that I trusted. Other than Lester last night. I didn't want to see any of the other pitchers come in. I just was like, this has been too scary. I just want to see Chapman throwing BBs.
2: Well, you know what? We'll see what happens tonight. Last night was kind of cool, right? I mean, you got the pitcher's duel going on. You get the uh, home run at the bottom of the eighth. um, And you're right. I mean, to have somebody like Chapman come in and, like, close it out I mean you can't feel any better than that but it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens tonight um, thank you guys for just kind of letting us uh, giving us some insight to game one and you know let's hope that uh, game two is just as exciting if not more with a, uh, a Cubs W yeah let's the, let's
0: make Eddie Veteran and Bill Murray happy again
2: oh Hell my yeah, gosh man. oh my gosh here we go here we go. Yeah,
0: we're oh yeah, we're Whoa.
2: So I think what we need to do is, is we need to like, here, listen. Let's go. Gonna get on out to Waveland. Oh my gosh, dude. I, I would have been going nuts. If that was the Chicago White Sox, Ooh. I would have been going nuts, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so let me ask you this. So one more so tonight's at Wrigley. Um game three. Where? San
1: Francisco.
2: San Francisco. So Jimmy, uh is your neighbor a San Francisco Giants
1: fan? Yeah, yeah. I felt bad for him last night. Did you talk to him? <laughs> Did you talk to him oh, last I, night? Uh, not yet. I haven't seen him. He hasn't come out of his house. I, I I think he is really depressed.
2: I think you guys need to have like a viewing party. Like invite him over.
0: Watch tell the him, tell him to go watch his World Series highlight videos from the last three freaking World Series they won. That yeah. that cheer him up. Yep, <laughs> no doubt.
1: This even year stuff is over.
0: Yeah. Oh my. god. I'm sure I'm sure tonight we have millions of Dodgers fans uh, cheering for the Cubs as well. Yep. That's what. that's who I'd like to see next. I want to see him take the Do- take the Giants, then take out the Dodgers and then I don't care. Cleveland, Toronto, doesn't matter.
1: So is chan- i I will find a way to Dodger Stadium for one of those games. So let me ask you this. I will is I will lie a, ch-
2: So is there a chance that there could be a Cubs Dodgers World Series or no? No, no, no,
0: no, they'd have to that be in the same, or they'd have to be in opposite conferences. Oh, that's at right. least, that's I right. should say. So,
2: Sorry, let's man. assume that the Cubs continue to plow through the postseason. Um, what, what, what World Series would you guys want to see? I oh, I don't,
0: okay. I don't want to see the Indians because I don't want to hear all this crap about long suffering <laughs> fans.
2: Yeah, yeah, being a Cub fan, would, of course, you don't.
0: I would prefer, plus, I don't. They just won an NBA championship. I don't want to see all the Believe Land T-shirts. Uh, I would rather see Toronto uh, because I'd like to shut up their loud-ass fans. Even though I have nothing against Toronto or their city, they have a loud stadium.
2: Well, oh, they are. Connected. Let's be honest. Oh, so there's a chance it could be a Cubs-Toronto
1: World Series.
0: Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I you know, it's or... just a matter of time. Until we launch a war and we, you know, we have an attack on Canada, they are, they are a polarizing nation. Um, you
0: never know; they could be coming across the border anytime any time. They're
1: gonna come, get,
0: <laughs> taking who, our American jobs.
1: I don't care who job. who they could possibly get. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not. I would go
0: up there and grab the, grab them by the pussy.
1: <laughs> I think that. Okay, <laughs> I, Donald. I, I, Red Sox-Cubs uh, World Series would be would be fun to see. I, I think watching World Series games being played uh, in Wait. late October, early November in Wrigley Field and also in Fenway Park would be a beautiful thing to see. I mean, you can't get any better
2: than that for ratings, right? I mean, they yep, have one the of the
0: two biggest... Okay, crazy. it looks like uh, San Francisco did not score in the top of the first, and... I am going to now try and catch some of this game.
1: All right, sounds good, Jimmy. Thanks, for listening, everybody. Good luck, go Cubs, go! All, All right. right, so look well, out
0: for us. Look out for us on social media. Where where are we at? We got a we got a Facebook.com/slash Red Ivy uh, happening here, Mark.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we we we've decided on um, we decided we weren't going to use um, uh, Escape the Taint as our <laughs> Moniker. Um Clinchitis oh God, no. did not <laughs> Clinchitis did not make it either. So uh check us out coming soon. Red Ivy, Red Ivy Facebook page, Red Ivy Twitter, Red Ivy Instagram. Um if you don't know what All that. Red Ivy is, you know, check it out. Google that shit. So uh <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um and we will see you on the next episode, which is gonna be I amazing. Mean, Probably pretty soon.
3: Cubs president Theo Epstein, once a boy wonder is now creeping into middle age, which is shocking for people who remember when he first took over the Red Sox 14 years ago. He's got crow's feet and great temples. He's got two homes. But his wealth and success are enemies because they are all reps. 42 42-year-old excuses to betray the dreams of his 22-year-old self. Perhaps that's why he so protects the streak of youth and purity that runs through the Cubs baseball operations staff. The near constant fallows humor when things are bad and hilarious shenanigans when they're good. He's an odd mix of high and low, quoting both Dazed and Confused and Othello. Sometimes he almost seems embarrassed that he's rich. He can be ruthless when competing. Even his closest friends in baseball don't trust him come deal time. He's painted as a quant which baffles his friends. The guy they know is more likely to start a bar fight than attend the Sloan Conference. He's generous and sarcastic, broken and whole, sometimes a mystery to himself, often at other times stunningly self-aware. He loves Wrigley Field, and how the ivy turns bright red the last two weeks in October. Most Cub fans don't know that, because the season is always finished by then. He hopes this is the year people get to see the red ivy.
1: Phantom Sway. Podcast. Music.
3: Books. Ritual Human Sacrifice. Wait, 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 wait. Not that last one. Phantomsway.com.